I don't think you can outsource correction and care. And biblical counseling is something that I believe churches are called to do because it equips pastors, but not just pastors, members of the church to be able to counsel one another, to counsel the word of God with one another, and to help people walk through some of the most difficult situations. Welcome to the Ask Anything Podcast, because some things are better said than read. My name is Peter LaRufa, and before I get to today's question, I want to give a shout out to ACBC. That's not a band, ACBC, as in the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. This organization, uh, this ministry is such a gift to the local church and has been equipping people to use their Bible in a helpful way to come alongside people and help them walk through some of life's most difficult challenges. And they've been doing it since the 70s. It used to be known as NANC, the National Association of Nuthetic Counselors, uh, but it changed its name to ACBC, which really highlights the fact that it's a training organization, but also a certifying organization. And so that's what the C is in ACBC. And so ACBC, exists to train people, but also to certify them if they desire to be certified through their organization as a biblical counselor. Let me read you something from their website, uh, just to hopefully pique your interest, because I'd love for you to check it out. Uh, They said this, this world is full of sin, suffering, and confusion. We all know people in need of help and hope, yet many Christians do not feel equipped to counsel. It's true that counseling can be daunting, but God's word has answers. ACBC exists to equip you to minister the Bible faithfully to those all around you who are in need of God's truth. And there's other organizations and ministries that do a great job of of highlighting uh, the sufficiency of God's Word to help us in all areas of life, but I'll just say I don't know of a single other organization, a single other ministry that so equips people in real time how to really actually counsel somebody, how to go through a session, how to assign helpful homework so that the counseling doesn't end when the session ends, but God's Word is at work in their life, in their heart, in their mind, in between sessions. ACBC is just the best. So I want to encourage you to check out biblicalcounseling.com. There's plenty of resources. There's a podcast. And if you do desire to be certified, it's a very sanctifying process. And it's a joy to be able to work with them and to have them work with us, help us as a church. We're one of the training centers for ACBC. So we do a training conference each and every fall. Um, and we're associated with them. And so you can satisfy some of the training requirements for certification by coming to our conference in the fall. But there's a variety of conferences. There might be one near you uh, if you're not near us. Biblicalcounseling.com. Now, to our question for today, which is closely related, and that is this. Should every church have a biblical counseling ministry? I think it's a great question uh, because when you think about it, you can't do everything as a church. And perhaps you're part of a church or you know churches are like, no, we pretty much, we, we do it all. We do every single thing that we can do. We just have a yes ready for every single activity, every single ministry, every single outreach. And that's some approach. Uh, that's one approach to local church ministry. I don't think it's the best approach. I think you end up becoming the jack of all trades, but yet the master of none versus focusing on what the Lord has really called you to do and to be as a church. And so the question, should every church have a biblical counseling ministry, might be viewed as like, is this just one of those things that some churches have and some churches don't? Some churches do uh, a pro-life ministry, for example, where they reach out to people who are abortion vulnerable and want to seek to uh, save 
uh, the lives of the unborn and to minister to women who would be uh, prone to perhaps uh, getting an abortion. That's great. Other times, churches don't do that directly, but partner with an organization who they believe can do a better job than they could. Some churches have soup kitchens and clothing pantries, and they do that right on their own property, or they go down to a local area that's close to their church so they can minister to people who are in need, and that's great. Other churches basically outsource that. They partner with an organization who can do that as good, if not better, than they could. Um, some churches are very involved in local public schools. Uh, some churches have an adoption ministry. Other churches partner with other adoption ministries. We could go on and on and on. And so the question really is this, is biblical counseling one of the things that you could say, you know what, that's just not for us. To each his own, every church does kind of their own thing, and maybe that's your thing, Peter, but it's not necessarily our thing. And here's why I would say biblical counseling stands out from among those other things. I think you can outsource outreach. Uh, you can outsource outreach. If there's a, an organization, uh, a parachurch ministry, or even coming alongside another local church who can help your reach go further into the world with the gospel to further bless other people and to build up the kingdom of God, I think it's great to outsource outreach. I don't think you can outsource care. I don't think you can outsource correction and care. And biblical counseling is something that I believe churches are called to do because it equips pastors, but not just pastors, members of the church to be able to counsel one another, to counsel the Word of God with one another, and to help people walk through some of the most difficult situations and help people to repent, to change, and to grow. And so there's a ton of verses we could go to this, but I'm going to go to one that's kind of a no-brainer if you're f f familiar with the biblical counseling movement, but I think it's one that's worth our attention today, and that's from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, which says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Uh, what a great passage of Scripture. Uh, that term, breathed out, all Scripture's breathed out. That's a, a, a compound word that was coined by the Apostle Paul as he's writing to Timothy, theopneustos, breathed out. He, he wants us to get this picture that the words that you're reading in your Bible came out of, or would be coming out of the very mouth of God. It's an anthropomorphism. God doesn't have a mouth. But you can pick, like, if you hold your hand in front of your mouth as you speak, you can feel breath for every word you say. And he wants us to see the word of God as coming out of God's very mouth. All scripture is God-breathed. And it's profitable. It's useful. It's helpful. To what end? Well, it says four things, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness. And so teaching is, this is truth. This is what the Word of God says. This is truth. Uh, reproof is showing error, proving uh, something is wrong, or that's a false teaching, or that does not line up with the truth of God's Word. Teaching, reproof, uh, correction would be saying, but this is right. So this is truth. That's teaching. Uh, reproof, that's wrong according to the Word of God. Correction but this is what's right according to the Word of God. So it's not just a fault finder. It's, yeah, that's wrong, but here's correction that I can show you now what the Word of God does say so that you can correct your thinking, and I can correct my thinking to be more in line with God's Word. Teaching, reproof, correction, 
and training in righteousness. Training in righteousness is uh, basically how to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do as he did and as he does? How can we be pleasing to him in all areas of our life? And then verse 17 says that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, The old King James, I think, says perfect. That's a bit much. We're not going to be perfect in this life, but we can be completely equipped. Now, we may not always do what we're supposed to do, but we have everything that we need for life and godliness in God's word. That word complete, uh, it's a Greek word that is only found there throughout the whole New Testament. So it's not found to describe the Holy Spirit. It's not uh, found to describe anything else other than the Word of God, because God has intended for His Word to teach, to reprove, to correct, and to train us in righteousness so that we can live a life, not that is perfect, but we can be complete and equipped to handle the different situations that we come up against in life. And so I think biblical counseling really is coming alongside another believer with God's Word and helping them to walk more closely with Jesus, helping them to get unstuck from an area of their life that they might completely be just feel like they're just spinning their wheels and they can't get out of. Um, It's concentrated discipleship, whereas preaching would be fairly general discipleship, right? You're preaching to an entire room full of people. You're teaching them what the Word of God says. This is more concentrated. This is more focused to a specific person, to a specific area in their life where we can help them not only become unstuck, but then to help them walk in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And I just think there's no place that that can happen better, more effectively, and more consistently than the local church. Don't hear me saying that nobody else can do it. Of course, that's not true. People can be blessed by going to conferences. People can be blessed by reading good books. All of that is true. But the consistent application of God's Word to a focused area of our lives is best done within the local church, within the body of Christ, people that you're rubbing shoulders with on a regular basis. That's where that's best done. I want you to consider this, though. Let's say you have a church that has a very high view of Scripture. So let's say you're part of a healthy, God-honoring church with a high view of Scripture. You believe that the Bible is sufficient. You believe that it's God-breathed. You believe everything we just said in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. You have a high view of Scripture. That's that's great. Uh, let's say uh, because if you have that high view of Scripture, you then, uh, by necessity, I would say, have a uh, real appreciation and would practice uh, three things, one of which is obedience. Um, We know we are Christ followers because we do what he commands. And so since you have a high view of Scripture, you have a high view of living Scripture out, so you really value obedience. Uh, Since you value obedience and holy living, then you also really value the practice of church discipline, which I've discussed in other episodes, where a church would come alongside somebody who is uh, impenitent, who is refusing to live in a certain area of their life in a way that is according to God's Word, and would come by and call them out on that and show them their sins so they might repent of that. And so you have a high view of obedience, you have a high view of church discipline, and let's say you have a high view of membership. I think nine marks marked ever meaningful membership, right? So this is 
not a social club. When you are committing to the local church, you're putting yourself uh, under the accountability, under the, uh, the care, the authority of the local elders of that particular local church. You're accountable to one another as believers who are other members of the body of Christ. And so high view of Scripture, once again, to review, has a high view of church membership, um, obedience, and church discipline. Great. Those are all wonderful things. Here's what happens when somebody gets stuck without a biblical counseling ministry. Since you have such a high view of Scripture and you have a high view of obedience and what it means to be a member of the body of Christ, when somebody gets stuck in an area of their life, when they are uh, stuck in some area of sin in which they uh, seemingly won't repent, maybe they think they can't repent, but they're not repenting, well, if you have a high view of Scripture, you're going to follow the principles laid out in Matthew 18. If your brother sins, go and show him, or, or if your if brother or sister sins, go and show them their fault. Uh, and if they hear you, you've won your brother. Um, but if they haven't heard you, then you take others along. And then if they haven't heard you, you tell to the church. And here's the thing. It's one thing to go up to somebody and say, hey, here's where I think you're wrong. Here's where I think you're off. It's another thing to go up to somebody and say, Here's where you're off according to God's word. Here's what you need to do. And you know what? I'd love to help you walk through this. I don't want you to walk through this alone. And so I am calling you to repent. I'm calling you to live a life that is uh, more honoring to the Lord. But I'm saying you don't have to take that walk alone. It is up to you. You are responsible. But we're going to come alongside you and help you with God's word so that you might understand what repentance looks like, how to repent in this particular area. That's what biblical counseling is. It's coming alongside someone to help them navigate through a, a difficult area of their life without just teaching, reproving, and correcting. This is the training in righteousness side. And without that, you just have the teaching, you, you teach what's right, you show what's wrong, uh, you say what you could be doing, but we're not going to tell you how to do it. Like you got to figure that out on your own. You're responsible for the Lord. And so it's kind of like you're quick to call out sin. It seems a little like the sin police, but it's not, it's not unwarranted, right? The Word of God tells us to do that. And so you call out sin, and you tell the person basically to stop. But you're not going to tell them what they need to do. You're just like, you just need to not do that thing. I'm not, uh, do something else. Just don't do the bad thing. Well, what do I do? How do I do that? Um, and I don't think it's very helpful to the person to just point out the error without coming alongside them to also correct and to train in righteousness. And so what you'll happen, what will happen in a church that has a high view of Scripture, which values obedience, church membership, and uh, church discipline, is you're going to call people to repent. By God's grace, may God give them repentance, and that's great. I'm not saying people don't do that. But what's going to happen is if they feel stuck, uh, if they feel like they want to repent, but they just don't know how, and they just resort back to their old ways, again, they are 100% 100, uh, 100 responsible for what they choose to do with their life. But you're going to move through church discipline fairly quickly, and I would say likely fairly frequently. And you wouldn't be wrong to do that, because if somebody is not repenting, uh, we need to, by God's grace and according to God's word, um, move through the steps of church discipline and protect the flock. And so that's not a bad thing. But I can't tell you how many times I've looked at uh, situations that I've been aware of in other churches with people that I've been familiar with, and I've thought, man, uh, they were doing wrong. They were, they, they were sinning. But you know what? Gosh, I can't help but wonder if they had a little help, if they weren't just called on the carpet for what they did, but they were then taught how to apply the Word of God over a period of time, I can't help but wonder, would they have been uh, 
repentant? Uh, would they have been, and I know that's a heart issue, we can't change hearts, I get it. But would they have seen a little more hope if they knew they weren't just being called on the carpet for what they were doing wrong, but they were going to be pointed towards what is right, and they were going to be helped to get there. And so I think if you don't have church, if you don't have biblical counseling within the local church, and you're just telling people that they just need to live right, you got to live right, you can't do wrong, you got to do right. Um, I think what will happen is when somebody messes up, when somebody is stuck in a sin, they're just going to feel stuck. And instead of helping them, what's going to happen is you'll move through the steps of church discipline, perhaps more quickly or more frequently than you would need to do if you're willing to come alongside somebody and help them using God's word. Here's something else I think that happens when you don't have a, uh, a culture of biblical counseling or a biblical counseling ministry in a church. I think people see that and instead of coming forward by saying, hey, I need help, I think there's a greater temptation for them to suppress their, uh, the truth about their life. There's a greater temptation to hide. Uh, they bind to the lie that things are better in the dark than they are in the light. And since they're not going to be helped, they end up living a double life or they end up uh, persisting in their sin. Let me be clear. That is their responsibility before the Lord. That is not your fault or your church's fault. But it doesn't foster this uh, atmosphere of transparency and vulnerability where you're like, we're all fixer-uppers. Here's where I could use help, and I know my church can help me do that. And I think that's something we've been blessed by God's grace to experience at our church, not a perfect church. But we are not so much the sin police, but we are a hospital for sinners. We desire people to grow and to change and to accept them as they are, but know for sure that God, and uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit at work in their lives will not leave them as they are, but will train them and sanctify them to become more like Jesus and less like themselves. I think the absence of a biblical counseling ministry uh, unintentionally encourages people to try to fight it out on their own. Uh, to not come into the light with their sin, to not ask for help because they won't get it. And I just don't think that's profitable for uh, the body of Christ at large. So that's why I think biblical counseling is not like uh, another ministry where you're like, do we want to do this outreach? Do we want to do that? Do we want to come alongside? Churches need to decide for themselves, like, does that fit their culture? Where are they located? How would the Lord have them serve in that way? That's great. But when it comes to biblical counseling, regardless of where your church is, regardless of how big your church is, you have a responsibility, particularly if you're a pastor or elder of your church, to shepherd the flock of God that is among you, as we read about in First Peter. And so biblical counseling is helping people to go through that process, helping people to come alongside one another and say, let's walk through this together. Let's bear one another's uh, burdens. Uh, I think of verses such as uh, we find in Galatians, beginning in chapter 6. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. So you who are spiritual is not you who are extra spiritual. It's not you who have extra—it's it's the saved. It's, it's, it's those who are called. It's the body of Christ. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourselves, lest you too be tempted." Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's an unbelievably humbling thing to be able to be uh, Christ-like in that way of just like he bore my sin burden on his shoulders and paid it in full and God was satisfied. It's not the exact same thing, but it's similar where it's like, you know what? 
your sin, which is not my sin. I want to bear that burden with you. Let's walk together through this according to God's word so that we might restore you uh, to a state of holiness, to a state of righteousness, not to perfection, but to walking in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And so that's why I think biblical counseling is an important aspect of every church. Now, some churches uh, can be at—we're a biblical counseling training center. We hold a conference. That's certainly not for everybody, granted. But I do believe that biblical counseling should be a part of every good local church so that along with that high view of Scripture, which brings about uh, an understanding of church membership, church discipline, and obedience, you can help people— to walk their lives out in a way that is obedient and pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Ask Anything podcast. To submit a question or support the podcast at any time, look for the link in the description or in my bio. Your support and your questions are greatly appreciated.